Winnipeg's own Sean Burns and Lost Country have just released We Got a Lot of Trucking to Do, a brand new album that features some of the finest trucking songs in country music history. All proceeds from the record, which is at seanburns.bandcamp.com, are going towards Winnipeg's favorite little honky-tonk, the Times Change High and Lonesome Club. If you're a regular listener to the show, you may have heard an episode recently all about band merch, about getting custom shirts made, pins, patches, stickers, everything. If you want to get that in Winnipeg and Manitoba, you should go see Scott from Divine Shirt Company. Since 2013, they've been supplying local Manitoba creatives with custom printed apparel, embroidery, digital printing, and graphic design services. So if you're in the market for new merch, why not come join the hundreds of satisfied local artists and small businesses and visit Divine Shirt Company today. You can find them on Instagram at Divine Shirts or by email at info at divineshirtcompany.ca. I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who supported the podcast, whether it's by telling a friend, sharing a link, even just listening to an episode. But if you feel like you want to give the show a little tip in the virtual guitar case, please go to patreon.com slash witchpolice, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get access to some exclusive patron-only content. So, as always, I want to shout out some of the most recent patrons on the show. So, first of all, we have my good friend Mr. Potsmouth, who, uh, he knows who he is, and, uh, the newest patron on the show. Big shout out to Ron. Thanks for listening. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Witch Police Radio! Witch Police Radio! Witch Police Radio! Witch Police Radio! Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Witch Police Radio! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I, I keep telling myself I'm going to avoid saying this whole spiel at the beginning about it being a remote call, but it is a remote call, and this is the way of the future. Uh, I mean, hopefully not for long, but this is what we're at right now. And uh, I'm talking to someone who is new to the show, uh, and I kind of first really heard your music when you submitted a song for um, the Witch Police 500 series of videos, which was really cool because, you know, a lot of the people who submitted, understandably, were people who have been on the show sometimes multiple times, but it, it was definitely cool to get kind of a you know, a response from someone who I was essentially unfamiliar with. So I think that the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about where you're coming from musically. Sure. Yeah, my name is Mike Powell, and I record under the moniker Closet Judas. I'm originally from Ontario, and I've been living in the province here for the past three years. Um, So uh, I started doing music uh, back in the mid-90s, Taught myself guitar, was involved in uh, a band with my good friends, and that really kind of got me into the music scene. Um, I'd always been interested in music, um, but then to personalize it for myself, it was something something different. And I've been involved in music ever since. And in 2007, so about, I guess, 13 years ago, I started doing my own solo projects and that's uh kind of where closet judas uh, started okay well I, it's funny because usually you know when i start doing the kind of background on someone i'm interviewing I, I like to kind of get into where they come in in the winnipeg music scene but like you said you've only been here for a few years so you don't yeah. necessarily have the same kind of uh long history that a lot of my guests do where they've you know they grew up going to shows or seeing certain bands so as a, a newcomer to the province what was your introduction to the local music scene like did you find it uh difficult at all to sort of find your place in this community or was it fairly welcoming my i guess my only real familiarity with the winnipeg scene uh, from afar when i was living in hamilton was just knowing uh the weaker than's like their one great city song <laughs> and 
um, growing up, The Watchmen, I think I had a CD sure. of theirs. Um, but other than that, uh, I was completely unfamiliar with anything uh, related to music from the city. Uh, so uh, about, uh, I guess it was earlier this year, just before I discovered which police radio, one of my friends was asking for recommendations of uh, local music, and I realized I don't know anything okay, uh, okay. Relate, related to the the music scene here, and that uh, was timely uh, when I happened upon Witch Police because then I realized, man, there's lots of different scenes in the <laughs> province. There's too many. It seems so nice. There's yeah, there's, yeah. there's so many. Um, but uh, just little by little realizing there's a lot of talent here. And uh, it's been a, a good year to discover uh, artists. Well, I guess now everyone has time to sort of uh, maybe listen to more music than they would have because you're not, I mean, I'm not sure what your situation is with the pandemic, but I think in yeah. general, society is kind of less on the go just out of necessity than they were even seven or eight months ago, right? So uh, I've definitely sat down and listened to more music just by being at home more so i'm not sure if For that's sure. happened to you as well but it's uh it seems like the possibilities are more wide open now to just get hooked into new stuff the possibilities there uh, unless you're a parent i think you have i, 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 have, uh, two, I have two kids yeah so, two uh, kids yeah. i think they're uh, the, the ages of my kids as well um so my time over the past number of months has been less than usual yeah uh unfortunately uh whereas many people have had more time but maybe more time with more sacrifices that they've had to make totally yeah yeah, yeah. so just uh i mean i think a good starting point to get into your for me anyway to get into your your music is, is that song you sent me for the witch yeah. piece 500 and i mean you know, obviously I got all different kinds of things for that. I still haven't even posted all of them yet, so that by the time this comes out, there still might be more coming. It's just uh, a matter of having the time to, to upload the videos and stuff. But um, yeah. while the songs were all very different that I received, yours was one of the more serious uh, songs in terms of subject matter. And I mean, looking mm. at you right now, obviously listeners can't see this, but you have a Che poster on your wall. You have a sticker that says Feminist. The subject yeah. matter in that song that you sent was, you know, it, it, it wasn't a lighthearted song, right? So, I mean, yeah. obviously that... Uh, political element and, and having those, your values come through in your music is important to you I'm assuming anyway so what is kind of uh, how do you feel about that like what do you think is the goal I guess of being a musician is it to create something just to create or is it to put forward some kind of uh, values or message into the world as well I think people come at it from so many different angles uh, some people just put things out to entertain yeah, for um, sure. pr provide uh, people an outlet for escape and uh, either uh, giving people the freedom to um, kind of engage with uh, their emotions in different ways. Okay. Um, sometimes music, uh, for me, I think most times it's uh, kind of therapeutic, it, remedial. It helps you kind of work through your own issues or problems or just uh, basic human condition stuff. Totally, yeah. But I think sometimes music has that ability because you have a chance to reach an audience who is listening and hopefully engaging with the subject matter, engage uh, with some moral entrepreneurship and okay. try to help people to think about things in a different way. Um, especially this year, just seeing all of their yeah. people, um, it's been crazy. It but been, I think yeah. what 
that has shown is there is a real need for people to talk and think about ideas. And that particular song, Quetzalcoatl, um, I used as a um, an anthem more for feminism okay. and trying trying to get across the idea of equality and how anything other than full equality is essentially uh, tantamount to human sacrifice um, in in one sense because you're not treating people completely uh, the same um, if you're coming at it from maybe a, a patriarchal perspective. Sure. Okay. And so, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you define the style of music you play, but I mean, you know, obviously the acoustic guitar, the, the, the kind of vibe that you had in that song and other ones I've heard too, folk has got to be part of the equation there. And folk music has a long history of, of being protest music, right? So, I mean, is that yeah. does that come into play as far as your influences and things that you sort of uh, point to in your collection as, you know, as, as music that inspires you? Folk only insofar as, well, a couple artists. So Hayden sure, yeah, yeah. Prob- probably got me into music when I, I first started playing. And he's, you know, very much Canadiana folk totally. uh, rock. Totally, yeah. And uh, I, I just, I love his music. So I think that was very foundational in terms of my sound, um, kind of having two vocal tracks in most of my songs, um, acoustic uh, guitar forward. Uh, and one of the other influences from the past number of years is a, a guy by the name of David Benjamin Bloor. Okay. And he's an artist from Birmingham in the UK. And he combines a lot of folk and rap elements, okay, at least cool. in his earlier material. And I found that to be very helpful just in, because I'm the only one in Closet Judas, uh, if I am, and I'm a horrible drummer. Um, <laughs> so I often rely on loops uh, in order to set the foundation or the skeletal structure of the song. So taking some cues from uh, David Blower, uh, who combined those folk and rap elements, uh, has helped me to really develop my sound over the years. But okay. most of the stuff that I do listen to is more alternative 90s grunge uh that 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 kind of uh scene okay no fair enough um so when you i just to jump back to something you said a bit earlier about you know you sort of just really started getting into the local scene here you know within the past year um have you have you been playing shows since you've been in winnipeg or is that still something on the horizon for you i mean i know no one's playing shows right now but yeah yeah i i haven't played any shows um the last project that I worked on uh, over the past year or so, uh, I had three elements to that particular project. The uh, original recording that I released, uh, essays that I released alongside them, okay. and then the third um, component of that was to do a live stream, uh, going track by track to play all of the songs and really test them out to see which ones stood uh, on their own and which ones maybe necessitated a band. Okay. Um, okay. A few a few of them worked really well on their own. A few of them were a little harder uh, acoustically, uh, but that was really the extent of the live uh, component of what, what I've been doing the past number of years. If A equals B and B equals C, therefore A equals C.
Once, once everything blows over, and you know, there's uh, whenever that happens, if it happens, and yeah. you, the, the ability to go out and play live shows is there. Is that something you're aspiring to do with this project, or are you kind of comfortable just doing the, you know, recording at home, doing the live streams, putting it out? It's kind of the the internet way, I guess. Yeah, for pretty much all of my solo uh, music uh, venture, I've only really being a recording artist. I played a handful of shows like coffee houses and sure. opened for a band in Toronto one time. Uh, but really my live uh, involvement has been quite limited. Okay. Um, it would be interesting, I think to, to maybe try it out. Um, but the times that we live in, I also wouldn't want to take away from those people whose vocation it is to the music scene sure um whereas for myself it's very much uh a pastime that i i do and i would do regardless of of anything else um if i ever were to do a show i think just because of the time that we live in and the music venues suffering yeah yeah all all of the profits that would be raised ticket wise i would just give to the venue um 
but that's because all of my music is non-monetized anyway. Right. That's just more more of a a, a position that that I choose for myself. Well, and that's something that you, I think you make clear on your social media as well. I mean, I know just looking up some of your stuff, you mentioned that pretty much out yeah. front that it's non-monetized. And, that's uh, right. so that, that seems to, you know, I can see that kind of fitting with your, 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 your values and everything like, like you've been talking about as well. Um, have you, like, is it all being released digitally or have you, are you putting out physical media at all or what's the plan there? For my friends and family and anyone interested i'm happy to put together physical copies um as i mentioned with my last project lunacy and the second naivete um i had uh essays yeah yeah, uh, yeah. for each of the songs i explain in detail what it's about giving people an opportunity to really engage with the subject matter um so at the moment i, I don't have any uh anything physical but if they are anyone were to go to my band camp they would download an album for free. Yeah, uh, I would don't even have that option for people to give uh, any amount. Uh, they can just download it. Yeah, and then each of those projects comes with a PDF that they can print out for themselves and then engage with it that way. Because I think that's one thing that I've really missed over the past number of years, just the digital revolution. Yeah, um, is the the liner notes uh, for sure. The the art. Um, everything that goes along with that. So I try as best as I can uh, to release something like that so that if someone is interested in something more physical, oh, they can just burn a CD, uh, print off a, a document, and sure. then uh, engage with the art and the, the philosophy that way. I think the the idea of essays is interesting because, uh, I mean, in part because of what you just said, the way people consume music is so different now, where they don't necessarily, yeah. they're not necessarily going to read anything outside of the track name and then skip to something right. completely different, right? And I, I, yeah. like, as someone who, who is still stuck in the physical music era, and I don't I don't use Spotify or any of that stuff, I, I get yeah. it. Like, I get the appeal for sure. But then also, like, doing essays on the, on the subject matter and, and getting that kind of deep into it is something that is is a very specific kind of sub- part of releasing uh, liner notes because, you know, there definitely were some bands that did that and that still do mm -hmm. that where, you know, you'd have like a book list in there or something to, to kind of cover the topics. Uh, like Propaganda has been great for that. And uh, yeah. like, you know, uh, Rage Against the Machine used to do that. They'd have the book list and the liner notes and everything. And exactly, yeah. so I'm assuming that's kind of the same, the same vibe you're going for where it's like, this is, you know, the not just here's the song and you can interpret it how you like. Here's the song and here's why I'm saying what I'm saying, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and it just also gives uh, some depth to the process of the the writing. Um, I, I, the artists that I appreciate the most are the ones who are kind of upfront and honest with the things that they they think. Sure. Um, especially when it comes to struggles and and you know figuring things out and you know trying to come to terms with our mortality. You know, just things like that. Um, and when you can engage with a listener in a deeper way like that, I think it gives people the freedom to ask those questions for themselves okay. as well. And uh, a lot of the, the subject matter that I deal with kind of related to more just kind of the disintegration of formerly held beliefs or kind of hypocrisy or, um, things along those lines i think there's a lot of people who are in places that are similar to that 
but they may not have the the freedom to explore those ideas uh, out loud sure. or with their own communities. But when you have an opportunity to kind of delve into those concepts um, and realize, okay, I'm not alone in what I'm thinking here, then I think that that gives uh, people the permission to engage with things in a, a deeper way and a, a more, more authentic way rather than just pretending and thinking everyone uh, or thinking they, they know what this is all about. Sure, sure. No, that, that makes complete sense. Do you think there's a danger, not a danger, but like maybe a potential to turn some people off who feel like, oh, I have to read an essay to, to get into the song? Because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, like we I, we just said, like a lot of people are not taking their music listening to that level where, you know, maybe they yeah. just want background music and maybe maybe you're not the guy to make that background music for them. Sure. But do you think there's a, a maybe a concern that someone might see this and see the amount of kind of detail you put into that uh description and backstory and essay and you know resources and everything and just think like yeah. he's telling me what to think about this song right <laughs> rather because i know yeah. a lot of people just like to hear it and they like to just take what they will from it and not read you know 
what the person was thinking when they wrote the song, not read the biography later and find out the background and not, you know, look at the liner notes and see who wrote the original song or where the samples are from or whatever. And, yeah. and I think it's like a certain kind of listener who, who appreciates that, you know, extra level of detail and some, I don't know. Do you think that there's a potential to kind of bump people out? I'm glad you're doing yeah. it personally, but you know, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it could go both ways. So I think, um, one reason I originally started, like this was back in like MySpace yeah, yeah. days, <laughs> like uh, when uh, that's where I first started to release my music. Um, I, I don't even know what, like 2004, 2005. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I built in kind of a blog component to really dissect each of the the tracks and just explain kind of what 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 they were all about. Um, the reality when it comes to music is not everyone is going to engage with your music. Um, they're not going to like it because they have a different style or preference sure. or, or that kind of thing. Um, and I guess it can go the other way too. Like if maybe they really like the music, but the content isn't connecting. Um, some people will like neither. Some people yeah. will, will like both. And I guess by having that hybrid of music and writing, I give every option uh a chance so if people really like the music and want to go deeper they can if they don't like the music but they want to explore some of these ideas they can sure uh if they don't want to do either well that's that's fine too um but yeah there's there's always i guess when it comes especially this particular concept album that i just finished is all about existentialism and um considering you know there might not be more than this right. in terms of this life um that's not going to connect with many people uh but it might connect with a lot of other people so it's um because i also work uh concept album wise each album is going to be exploring different things in a different way too okay. um so yeah, that, that will connect with people in different ways. So when you're covering something, uh, you know, that's a pretty heady topic like that, and like you said, some people it's just not going to click with, they're not going to want to hear your viewpoint on it. Is yep. there, I guess, I guess, who is the, the audience for that? Are you hoping that, because you're definitely going to have people who already agree with you, who already kind of have the same, you know, uh, thoughts on the, on those topics, and are going to listen and they're going to be kind of like, you know, oh, great, this guy's on the same page, right? But are, yep. you, are you hoping that it kind of reaches someone who maybe isn't, kind of thinking the same way you are or is questioning it and wants to hear like different different views on it or what's kind of the ideal listener for something like that yeah i think like the um most of the content that i explore philosophically is trying to break down extremism whether it's kind of from the left or the right sure because i think any form of fundamentalism is dangerous whether you're talking about kind of a, you know, a liberal fundamentalism or a conservative fundament fundamentalism, um, the ideas that I explore, I think, are coming from more of a Judeo-Christian background uh, because that's just what I grew up in. Sure. Um, so uh, my intent, especially just with the essays, is to just get people to think twice about what they believe and why they believe it and whether or not they come to the same conclusion that i have which is i don't really know what to believe sure okay. um that uh is really up to them um but the uh yeah i guess my focus is always to try to get people to 
um, explore the margins a bit more. Uh, look to the fringe to find maybe there's something there that they've missed by uh, seeking to draw a line between this and that, okay. us and us and them. Um, I think we're a lot more connected to each other than a lot of people want to believe. Okay. Well, it's interesting because I think a lot of the things that you're saying, you've been saying the whole time we've been talking here, um, yeah. they, I get a very punk rock vibe from them. And now you're, you're clearly not playing punk rock music. But, I mean, I think aesthetically, like, the DIY thing, you're making your music available for free. You know, yep. I mean, uh, writing songs against extremism, that's pretty much a hallmark of punk rock, right? Does, sure. Does yeah. it, do you have any background in the, in the punk scene? I mean, whether it's here or elsewhere, obviously. But, uh, like, where does that... Because it, it's very in, in connected to, I think, I mean... Uh, like my impressions as someone who grew up in the punk scene here with that kind of just uh, similar ideas anyway. I think only probably just in the, um, the grunge music from the nineties had some punk influences. uh, So like even just uh, the song by Nirvana, um, the, uh, oh man, I'm going to forget the name radio friendly unit shifter unit shifter. Yeah. 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 Even just that title of that song, I think, tries uh, get, get some gets across a, a mentality that it's not about selling stuff; it's about uh, playing something that's genuine. Right. Um, and that's going to go against um, a lot of the corporate dynamic of music because it, it is about money when it comes down to it. When it comes to the music business. Um, but for me, it's, it's kind of, uh, like releasing music without charging is almost like a screw you to Apple music or Spotify or, or whatever. Uh, just because I think there's so many people benefiting off artists and their art when most of the money, if someone is, making their living should go to the artist most of it Uh, but we have a a flipped system right now which i think is not benefiting most most artists Uh, Bandcamp, i think is uh an exception because i think they're trying to even though they are a company they're trying to give back whether it's to the artist by kind of allowing them to get uh the full proceeds on certain days yeah. or get, giving it to movements like black lives matter or, or things along those lines. Um, but punk rock, uh, I've I maybe had a rancid CD when I was growing up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that, that's really the extent, but I guess also lately I've been listening. There's a, a band from London, Ontario called, uh, single mothers. Okay. Yeah. 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 And they, they're, great um and that that's really injecting i think in a, some new life into what i'm wanting to do in the yeah. future well and again i don't think punk rock necessarily i think you can be punk without playing punk music right that you know yeah. you, don't, you don't need to have a three-foot mohawk and spikes on your jacket to be yeah. have, you know to do playing punk punk rock i mean some of the most punk stuff i've ever heard is not even remotely what you would think of when you when you hear the term right just in terms of it's sure. uh it's kind of fuck you in this if that <laughs> did to make yeah. up a word right like yeah 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 so for sure for sure
You have something that uh, that 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 released that came out September first. So, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, um, after I finished the Lunacy project, I wanted to continue the momentum of writing some new music. And there's a an EP that I'm working on that doesn't really have a, a finish date. I'm still kind of working on the the track list for that. But I wrote a song called Valkyries and just wanted to use that as an opportunity to explore some other uh, ideas, uh, really critiquing social media um, and, and how that can be detrimental to our emotional health. And that, that uh, there's kind of the, the general uh, side of that particular song, which can just speak generally to um, how the, the technologies that we rely on, are not always helpful. Okay. And then there's also the specific aspect of, you know, whether it's like personal hurt from particular individuals. Um, but I tried to keep it as general as possible so that it could relate to any listener. And the Val- Valkyries, uh, I think the etymology comes from uh, choosing death. Okay. So it's North mythology, but really the idea is that, um, as individuals, we have the ability to choose death for particular interactions, relationships, and that's kind of our own uh, prerogative. Okay. But it affects it affects other people, and I think that just trying to explore some of those concepts, um, how we are all connected in some way, and we need to be more kind uh, to one another. Um, even if it means uh, severing ties or disconnecting okay. uh, in order to protect our own emotional health. Okay, cool, cool. And that's, like, are you just releasing stuff on SoundCloud right now, or do you do Bandcamp as well? Bandcamp I treat as uh, my new projects that okay. are complete okay. uh, so that they can have those corresponding uh, philosophical essays. And SoundCloud I'm treating more as an archive at the moment. So releasing maybe a single here or there, uh, but also if people want to go back beyond uh, my t- 2007 
solo project, they can explore some things before as well. Okay. And do you keep everything up there? Like, is that, are you one of these guys who just, whatever you record kind of stays there? Yeah. Nice. I respect that. <laughs> I do the same with my <laughs> podcast and stuff. And yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's something to be said for we're like we're in a weird world right now, especially with social media and things where everything is kind of disposable. Like you have, you know, people are posting things online that disappear in a day or whatever. And yep. you know, like live performances will be done live streamed and then just disappear into the ether. And I think that it's right. it seems cool now, but I think you know, ten fifteen years from now, people are going to be bummed out that they didn't keep some of this stuff. You know, because you have the potential to just record as much stuff as possible and preserve it. And, you know, there's so many recordings that my old bands did back in the 90s and 2000s and my friends' bands. And I've managed to save and hoard (laughs) and digitize and whatever as many of those as possible. But there's so much that just didn't get documented. And I think now we're in a time where you can document everything. And the fact that people aren't, it just baffles me. Like, a lot of people will play a show and it's like, you just played this big show. Why didn't you record it? Like, you... Yeah. Even just on your phone or something, you, you have the technology, and it's 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 weird to think that people aren't. I mean, maybe I'm I'm the weird one in that I like to document everything, but you know, you never know when in the future someone might want to hear that, and all you have is a you know a, one song recorded and it's it's gone. You can't remember how to play them or whatever. And, you know. It's true. Yeah, I still have all of uh, old recordings on tape that yep. we we did uh, kind of as a band growing up uh, demos and dat tapes and. Yeah, things yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Well, that's how this whole podcast started too. It was just, before it was a podcast. It was a website that was an archive of that kind of stuff, like just weird live recordings and demos and things that were yeah. otherwise going to disappear. So I always, I'm always happy to hear people doing the same thing. So that's for cool. Sure. Uh, if someone is hearing about you for the first time on this show, and I feel like a lot of listeners probably will be introduced to you on this show, what is the best way to kind of find out what you're doing musically, or to you know? Obviously, you said there's a difference between the Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Where would you send a new listener? What would kind of be the direction you'd point them in? At Instagram, uh, Closet Judas uh, is where I have a, a link tree. People can find all of the links kind of springboarding uh, from there. Um, most of, like I said, my new releases would be uh, through Bandcamp or SoundCloud. But I don't have anything on streaming platforms uh, other than those two. Okay. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, on that link tree as well, I have I have a, a nano podcast kind of related to my music. Oh, cool. So those essays that I did, I did a spoken word version of them as well. So if people don't like to read or don't want to read uh, <laughs> the essays themselves, yeah, yeah. they can just listen to a 10-minute uh, mini podcast that is word for word what those essays are. That's cool. That's a, yeah. Where did you get the idea for that? Uh, I think it just... I, I wanted to do kind of a, a hybrid of medium um, because I, I realized that there's so many different learning styles uh, out there and some people are big readers. Some people aren't. I'm not a, a big reader myself. I'd rather watch or listen to something. Sure. Um, so I thought I'd, well, I thought I'd record the the essay and have kind of an article episode fusion that okay. I could release. Um, and I explore other topics that aren't music related as well. But in this last project that I did, I had kind of a 10 uh, episode series uh, dedicated to that particular project. And where can people find that? Is that on the SoundCloud or the Bandcamp? Or where do they find those uh, episodes? That, yeah, that's uh, there's a WordPress uh, site called the Fringe Faithful Collective. And the actual podcast is through Anchor. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Right on. Well, yeah, again, I think, I'm glad we uh, 
managed to connect about this because, like, like I said, it's it's nice to get a, a recording from someone who's new to me within the local music community. Not that I know everybody, but I mean, I've been doing this long enough that there's a lot of familiar names and faces, and you were kind of a new one. Uh, and so, yeah, I appreciate you, uh, you know, reaching out and, and sending in that song, and then then the fact we're doing this too. It's uh, like you said at the beginning, Winnipeg has such a ridiculous music scene in terms of how many little sub scenes and how many just just the sheer quantity of artists we have here and it's always yeah. cool to kind of uh yeah reach out to new little pathways in that overall community for sure yeah thank you so much man right on thanks
September 26th and 27th is the third annual Manitoba Podcast Festival. This year's event takes place exclusively online, and you can participate for free. Visit the Manitoba Podcast Festival on social media for more information as we get closer to the date.